0: Hey um, everyone thank you for uh, joining us uh, this is the VC chat room the new issue and uh, today we have the new guest Kinka Stanislavska who is the general partner of Xperia Venture Fund she has uh, more than 20 years of experience in the sector of investments and finance and uh, she's also the founder of the Xperia VC fund uh, that I've announced uh, which invests in the scale-ups and growth pure software with strong machine learning and artificial intelligence in SaaS. Um, she will t- tell more about that i'm sure and she's also the co-founder of the community of european women in venture capital and we will also talk about this a bit later hi kinga thank you for being today with us hi olga hi everyone thanks a lot for inviting me Thank you for finding an opportunity in this uh, actually busy time, though we are sitting at home. And uh, to that point, um, I'm asking uh, uh, all the guests uh, the question, uh, how is your routine currently in this uh, like current time, maybe post-current time period? Did it really change a lot comparing to the busy schedules previously, which were also involving a lot of calls and so on? Uh, was there a lot of changes? Well, uh,
1: I think there's a lot of change to the schedule in the sense that we spent more time with portfolio companies online than we did before, and we do it on a very, very regular basis normally. But now in this extreme time, we try to um, understand better how they have adapted, how we can find synergies between them and how we can help them. So from a kind of general work plan, how we divide our day, I think that focusing on the portfolio has been much bigger than ever before, uh, because we do want to make sure they're succeeding. And this means that the portfolio has gone online, and we have gone online. Uh, We were actually quite early online uh, as as a company, as experior, because this was really early March. So we've probably been at home now for at least 10 weeks, I would say. Um, And uh, our routine starts off in the morning with a 9 a.m. call for the whole team so that we can catch up on the day's events the day before, plan a little bit the day ahead and also just have some general socializing because I think what we are missing a lot is just General chit chat about this and that, and you know, something exciting I've been doing uh, or what happened. I think this, this is re- what we are really, really missing. Um, so we do that every day, and we find that that helps us. Um, now we have gone a little bit towards opening in general of the country. Um, so you are actually able to go for a walk in the park or a forest. And this is actually good if you have a conference call where you don't need to sit all the time facing the the other person. So um, you can split your day between the calls that where you are, where it's necessary to sit, uh, and we do a lot of sitting, but also for the calls where you can actually talk, but as you're walking, and I try to do that. The other thing that I've tried to do for the last week is to have walking meetings. So I would agree to have a coffee with someone in the park as we are walking along. And and this is nice because, first of all, you're moving um, instead of, you know, just being stuck in one place. Secondly, it's green. And third, I think it's safe if you're walking around in fresh air and it's good for everybody. So um, that, that has definitely changed. Now for travel schedules, of course, this is this is something that we are all now trying to figure out what to do, the cancellation of events, um, the cancellation of traveling schedules as a whole. And I think that there are a couple of things that are good with that, actually, and a couple of things that are bad with that. Uh, What is good is we've never, ever had so much time to spend with family. Um, And this is, I think, is going to be very positive on on. At least my family relationship, but I know a few other people that also see it that way. What is negative with that is the, even though you can take play, you can take part in a lot of events because they're online, so it doesn't require you to go to places. At the same time, you are not building the relationships, the personal ones that you could, if you are with the same person in the same room, or you know you just kind of approach someone by chance and, and so on. And this kind of impact is what's being discussed around software as a service companies' pipeline, where a lot of the kind of top level of the funnel is built with relationships at events, at conferences and so on. It's the same with VC. A lot of the relationships, the original ones, are built by just getting to know someone in, um, across various events in many occasions. So this, unfortunately, is the big missing element. And I think we're all trying to figure out how that will pan out. For the time being, these events are canceled for one year. So let's see.
0: Yeah, I've uh, read on Twitter a very interesting question. With, well, simple, but interesting, that made me thinking. Uh, so the question was, how many people did you actually acquaint, uh, did you actually met with like, personally during these online events? And like, my answer was close to zero, probably. So yeah, this is the reality we are living in. And um, talking about the the strategy of your uh, investment activity uh, as the as the fund manager, uh, do you reconsider the strategy? Do you plan uh, on uh, like how to to invest in companies uh, in the nearest future? Because we don't know, maybe the quarantine will be prolonged in like couple of months. Uh, do you plan to do basically deals via Zoom as? some of the funds starting to do as like Sequoia Capital recently announced they did 10 or 16 deals. Uh, What what are your thoughts regarding this?
1: Well, you know, um, I think you have to look at it across multiple uh, stages of VC and across uh, multiple funds. Everyone has a different position and it's hard to compare one to the other. For sure, seed deals which is the ones we don't do. So we don't do a pre-minimum viable product, pre-revenue. We, we do projects that have revenue and have product and have clients. Um, if you go to the earliest stage of transactions, actually it's hard for those founders to build relationships because it's probably the first time they are building those relationships. So this is tough, but on the other hand, seed funds tend to have a lot of portfolio companies. They could have fifty portfolio companies. That's that's okay for a, a very early stage fund. Now, can they do some of them with Zoom online? It's a small risk financially. Uh, it's a big risk reputationally because you don't have this social impact uh, relationship. You haven't visited someone's office. You haven't met the whole team really, you know, in a kind of that kind of a meeting. But it's a big question if that can change or not, what the approach there is. Um, The largest funds like a Sequoia, they have, uh, they're investing usually in round B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, kind of later letters they have already relationships with those founders because founders will build those relationships over many, many years. So the deals that are done on Zoom in the large deals are actually actually ones where someone has met someone else many, many times across the, the, the kind of the horizon. And, um, and therefore, it's hard to compare that. Um, I think we are in a space where we meet a lot of people for the first time and this first time happens on Zoom, um, I'm wondering how it will pan out for these kind of funds, whether we can, without ever meeting in person, actually do a transaction. But what I'm seeing is that, in fact, these, these things are becoming more and more loose in terms of travel schedules. It's already opening up, and you know, countries are already opening up for the summer um and okay it's not exactly um super safe to travel probably but on the other hand i think that um in in a to a degree of proximity we will be meeting people um if we really want to make this effort we can do it so it's not impossible like it was a month and a half ago i think as we are moving forward if we are looking at signing deals in june or july actually there is ample of time to at least kind of have one meeting in person. Uh, so I think, you know, we will hopefully move forward from this place that we are. Uh, flights will, stand, will start to appear and, and the train schedules and you can drive to many, many places in Europe still. So I think that the determination to do projects is there. Um, of course, VC is a long-term game. Uh, it's um, it's many, many years of investment. So. We need to have a thesis that we believe in over the next five to 10 years, and not something that may happen over the next six months. So in certain trends, we have a thesis. We believe, for example, that deep tech and developer tools is something that is becoming more and more necessary. And that's not going to change because of, of you know, a short space of time, which is a pandemic. We still believe in the next five to 10 years this will be a big sector of growth,
0: for example,
1: right? So because VC is a long-term project, these things haven't changed.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, You're a board member of the European Innovation Council, which is uh, the part of like European Union, uh, European Commission, uh, and, uh, so the question is, what impact does it have on venture capital market and startups uh, supporting the uh, new environment? And uh, what are the support instruments are implemented or are planning to be implemented in order to, uh, to mitigate the risks of this uh, isolation that was happening?
1: Well, um, you know, the European Innovation Council was something that was started about three years ago. Um, first there was a high-level group of advisors working to create it now it's becoming formally um, uh, um, we're advisors to it but now it's being formally kind of registered as a large fund Um, the fund size that is being targeted is 10 billion euros uh, for the European Innovation Council fund which is owned by the European Commission and um, the plans here are first of all, to focus on deep-check investments, patient capital. So we're talking about projects where there was a lot of research, there are science that goes behind it, and it needs more time to deliver commercial results, or the commercial results basically uh, are built up over time and again, to get to a bigger uh, revenue, You just need the patient capital there. So for sure, European Innovation Council is focused on this uh, bridge between science, all sorts of science. It could be technology, it could be IT, but all sorts of science and commercialization going towards deep tech in any sort of scalability sector, right? So anything that you can scale and that has a big science research element to it is this. Um, the idea is also to try and develop more and more of these companies across Europe. A lot of them historically have gone to the US. So whilst Europe has a lot of science publications, it's a leader globally in patents, in, in uh, filing different uh, publications and reports, we are not really seeing a lot of commercialization of that. A lot of these companies end up in the US and we would like to have them in Europe. So the goal here is to provide a small element of grant at two and a half million euro, which is already the case. Um, But under the new EIC accelerator, uh, there are also possibilities for an equity investment of 15 million euro. Now, that's huge. Uh, That's a huge impact. And uh, the idea there is it's co-investments, usually with venture capital funds, which will bring the whole uh, value of around much higher will provide a longer runway for the deep tech companies that need it and thereby be able to better commercialize science uh, and research. So allow to develop deep tech companies in Europe. So definitely the focus here is not marketplaces or e-commerce. So this is not something that you build very fast and every day it's more the kind of companies that are breakthrough innovation disruption if we think about med tech even digital med tech is definitely there if we think about education technology if we think about the european green deal where you can have a lot of different technologies helping to get get out of the pollution uh, to monitor the air to monitor the earth to monitor various things here there's a lot of possible technologies that need this support and it's this direction in general where we are going towards. Yeah, that's so that's what the European, in, it's super important and it's, uh, it's well worth to spend the time and focus and the attention to build this because it really it's creating our lives for the future here in Europe. And at the same time, it's creating companies and jobs. So it's, it's a great initiative. And then, you know, I'm a strong supporter of that. It's already started um you could apply for the first funding under the equity instrument already in the autumn and now mm-hmm. it's still possible um uh, there was a call for because it, it happens uh, a few times per year so there is a call the last call was for covid related projects and actually that call has been increased by another i think 150 million euro because the response of the market was so great So really that they are seeing that a lot of money is needed here. Um, And -hmm. at the same time, the new call in June is focused on the green deal. So it's focused on clean tech, on energy, on various anti-pollution and anti sort of, you know, uh, sort of keeping the the, the clean tech and the green side of of Europe. So that's super interesting too.
0: Yeah, that's great. We will uh, add this link in the announcement Uh, in under the YouTube video when we are uploading, And uh, is it uh, open for, uh, vis- uh, for, uh, for the companies out of European Union or also associated members like uh, Ukraine, for example?
1: Now, I don't have exactly the information on Ukraine. I would need to check that, but it's open to Israel. It's open to Switzerland. So, mm-hmm. I will, so it must be open to associated members too. Uh, we need to check exactly on, on Ukrainian companies. In general, what has happened until now, there were not that many applications from Central Europe as a whole, Um, Mm -hmm. but this is changing, you know, there was this recent hackathon called EU versus virus, and there, practically in all the categories, some of the winners came from Central and Eastern Europe, so I was very pleased with that, actually.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So you uh, already co founded the, uh, not co founded, but founded and initiated the uh, community of European women in venture capital uh, like three or four years ago already. Something has happened. Are we here?
1: Yeah, we're here. Now we're here. We're back.
0: Yeah. I'll repeat uh, the question from the beginning so it's not cut. So, three or four years ago, you have initiated and established the community of European women in venture capital, which is a very important initiative and unites women from, uh, I think it's now uh, around like 20 something countries from European uh, Union, beyond and also from Israel. Happy to be the ambassador from Ukraine. Thank you for for inviting. Um, So, and recently, we have been like have had a small chat on, in the comments that um, this current situation, this current outbreak, will have a great impact on women. Um, like one of the reasons for that is that when uh, like mothers, for example, sitting at home with all the family, they need to pay attention not only to work but also to children, to husband, other family members. Is like just one reason. Uh, also, there are plenty of reasons. So. Um, Like what we can do, like the community, the funds, uh, maybe associations, what we can do in order to support female entrepreneurs, uh, female investors, in order to give them uh, the support uh, in this outbreak situation and post-COVID as well. What are your thoughts regarding that?
1: Well, Olga, first of all, uh, I'm so happy that you are representing Ukraine, but actually you are—you uh, have such a lot of energy and spirit that I feel like you are representing the whole
0: of Europe a lot. So
1: with this European <laughs> Women in VC initiative, it's, it's far beyond the just one country, you know? Uh, so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, yes, it's true that the current situation has taken women by surprise. Uh, We've seen comments from Cheryl Sandberg, who said that in Facebook, they are seeing that they have single mothers, they have double career couples with kids, and it's very hard to manage the working from home situation. There was also a publication about how the number of um, science publications has gone down from women by about 50%, and hardly any now publish during this COVID period and by men it's gone up 50 percent so somehow the men find the time to work and the women have a double or triple job because also they need to take care of the home education the cleaning the, the cooking and all these other things so i think there will be a long term unfortunately very negative effect on this um i think we are only starting to bring the agenda of diversity up we are talking around 2% of venture capital money in 2017 that went to female founders in Europe. And in terms of fund management, only around 5% of European funds have a general partner who's a woman. And this is I'm talking about the website of the largest financial institutions that are limited partners to funds. So we are very, very early in this. But what is now worrying is that we may go back Even further back because of the COVID situation. So we are seeing already a lot of activity around finding female um, investors, finding email startups, gathering them together and providing mentoring, providing discussions. We're seeing this, but surely this is not enough. Um, I think for now, we haven't quite worked out how the reality of life is going to move forward but certain things have slowed down and and there is no no way around that um i think we are all still getting used to this uh, a recent discussion that i had with the head of google in london who's also a lady um and a former startup founder um she said An interesting thing, this was like two days ago, she said, when you see an angel investment and you're a man and you think it's a super interesting company, who do you call? Well, you call your buddies and they're usually male like you. Could we consciously make the effort of calling some female buddies? Could we consciously change this so that when you see you, a man, and usually it is men, see this great startup this great project this great founders team also make the effort to call some women that you know and try and bring them in as angels to this investment because in the end that will move forward the idea of women investing in venture in technology in startups which we are still very early days so if we can do that absolutely fantastic but need to make it consciously because today we are not so Really, you need to kind of have this in the back of your mind and consciously make the effort. Today, it's very, very much a boys club.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> I would like to remind those who are watching us on Zoom and also on Facebook Live, you can a- ask your questions in the comments here in uh, Q&A session or chat in Zoom or under the uh, video in Facebook. And um, you have a chance to get your question answered like in a two three minutes. After my next question, um, so it's almost it's almost the last uh, question for me, and I will give the floor to the audience. Uh, what will be your one or two takeaways from the self-isolation from the current time? Well, I think the
1: the, the main dilemma, uh, the, the, the main cons- uh, the main constatation is that we are very lucky. We are probably in working in the most lucky sector that in technology we can do things remotely and we are really relatively little affected of course there are sub-sectors under technology like travel tech for example that are super affected but it's a minority all in all we are super lucky as to where we are we are flexible we are agile we can pivot sector of of digital nomads we are super lucky versus everyone else and i think we need uh and that's for me the main takeaway because we need to be very thankful for where we are uh and try and help others and try and build on this um this is super important um and um you know i i think there will be a lot of positive strong companies come out of this it's actually good that um, certain companies will not come out of this. Because you know, in the recent years, there was so much investor pressure to push forward valuations on things that were just crazy and stupid, uh, on stupid business models, on things that had no unit economics behind them. So maybe it's time to sort of take a step back and think about what's really building value uh, if you look up uh, in the dictionary what it means to invest, it means to put money to something that's building value. That's where we should be. We need to be building value. We need to be building value for investors and for society and make sure that companies we invest in is money that is going towards building something positive. Yeah. So I think this is a huge opportunity for all of us investors to make sure That we are investing in companies that are moving the world forward, that are good overall for society, that make it easier for people to work under the future of work, that make companies easier to function, that are positive in impact. I think this is a great time for that. I do hope that we will be measuring it, talking about it and being conscious of it. Yeah. So I would like that very much.
0: I, I totally agree with you, and uh I hope that soon the majority of the investment deals in venture capital and private equity industry will be with uh, with the impact, not just you know like for something that is spoiling our planet um, and the last question for me, uh, I believe that the uh, leader is the reader, so what book or maybe several you can recommend to the venture capitalists or those who want to become like that? Um, and maybe it will be useful as well for startup founders. Hello.
1: Hello. Do, do we lose each other again?
0: Are I we think back, we're right? back, Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, we're back. Okay. I know you wanted to ask the question about the reading.
0: Yes, yes. I asked uh, that. I said that I believe that the leader is the reader. So which book can you recommend to venture capitalists and for those who want to join the industry as a founder as well?
1: Well, you know, there are those standard books that everyone reads. There is Zero to One by Peter Thiel. There is Founders Dilemma. Um, There is Venture Deals by Brad Feld. But I think that, you know, what has been a kind of a cult book of the industry um, and actually one that talks about uh, the crisis earlier is Hard Things About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, because it also talks about his problems with his company, how he built it up and how he went through um, the, the crisis that was, what, 20 years ago now? Um and, and and how that impacted the way he approached building his business, his approach to IPO, his valuation, and, and finding investors. I think that's a very good book for current times.
0: Thank you for the recommendations. We will add it under the comments, uh, under the video. Um, so now we are ready to... Are we here?
1: Of course we're here, yeah.
0: Okay great <laughs> just take it so now we are uh, coming to the point uh, well when where i will uh, address the questions uh, from the audience but first we will start with the compliment from my co-founder of VC chatroom Olga Solertchuk and she's uh, she's thanking you a lot and she's very inspired Olga is also having uh, this small Stella baby, (laughs) so he tries to, she tries to manage both the family and the child and the work and all together. And uh, well done, Olga. (laughs) And uh, turning to the questions, so we have one of these interesting questions: Uh, What, in your opinion, are the three strongest personality traits of current founders that will dictate their future success? Any lessons from the past? The three strongest personality traits. Well, um, I I suppose that's
1: maybe too simple an answer from my side. Maybe I should say something sort of more eloquent, but I would just say determination, determination and determination. Uh, I mean, whatever you are building, it doesn't matter if it's a technology startup or even the simplest business, a restaurant around the corner. You know, people are do all sorts of startup founders. A restaurant is still a startup. We don't invest in it, but it's still a startup (laughs) for someone. In all these cases, you have enormous obstacles in any business that you encounter. Um, And unless you are super determined to succeed, it just becomes at one point impossible. And the life of a startup founder of any kind is super hard. The, it's much easier to, to sit in a corporate job um, because you just can leave the office at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Unfortunately, that is the case. Uh, and the life of a startup founder doesn't matter what startup. It never, ever ends. And, um, you know, when I started out with Venture six, seven years ago, I'm a startup founder. I founded the, the fund uh, just like. Any other founder of something that starts with nothing, that starts with an idea, that starts with a team, that starts with a strategy. And I know very well how much effort it takes. And again, the kind of business model and sector is irrelevant. Obviously, some are more stressful than others, but still, you need so much determination. And the current crisis, I think, has shown this determination is key to succeed because the obstacles can be great but i think you know determination needs to also have the other side which is keeping in line with your health you need to stay healthy because determination on its own is not good enough if you have health problems so number 1 is the health you have the health of your team to make sure that they can withstand the obstacles that there are and and keep going so these are the kind of characteristics and the kind of focus areas that, for me, are the most important.
0: Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Um, I'm reminding that you can ask uh, questions. And uh, the next one from the audience: um, sticking to your guns, pivot or scale up, or scale up. How do you see current business models' performance in light of different world models during COVID, post-COVID, and long-term? So what's next?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, we look at uh, maybe three or four different business models at this point, And some of them are doing super well. It has to be said. E-commerce is doing super well. Depends on the sector that you are. But in general, if you look at it, it's gone so much faster than it ever would have gone. Uh, and I think this is a long-term trend. And this business model is one that still has a way to go. Uh, A lot of growth in it. We are seeing the future of retail around that and different retail technologies that are actually pushing towards selling, making it easier to sell online. All the technology that goes behind it, including payments, marketing, performance marketing, all these other things that need to happen. So this is one trend that is there. It's there to stay, but has sped up much and will still speed up everything that is ar- around that um, another focus area that uh we like has always been software as a service and this this crisis has shown that all the more you need to be software as a service because you get small payments every month for every at least year on a recurring basis and today this has ab- enabled companies to stay afloat because when you have multiple customers paying you small parts, then this means that even if some of them cannot pay, the others are still paying. The more important your software is for process uh, inside the large enterprise, the more likely they are to pay you. So uh, software as a service has been a trend for a long time as a way of building value, but all the more now, is is showing that this is the right kind of of uh, thinking forward now the other thing that we like a lot is as i mentioned this itd tech the reason we like that is that we feel that across all verticals things are really really changing it's hard to pinpoint to one it's actually a, a whole technology revolution that is taking place where multiple verticals converge into product offerings and service offerings for the entire industry. So for us, the knowledge that is behind that, the intellectual property that is there and is being built is a super value. And we feel that, as I said earlier in, for example, developer tools, there will be enormous, um, enormous returns to be had and enormous value to be built because, for example, we are running out of software developers globally. The software developers are now more needed than ever. Companies are digitalizing because of COVID, and they will do it permanently. So, developer tools are scar- developers are scarce. They need the tools to make their work efficient. Um, and so, we see, for example, this this sector as a huge opportunity. Um, everything that is connected to business process automation is also a big opportunity again shown by covid that it is so necessary can we run the teams remotely can we run the back office remotely can we do all sorts of things that we need to do with paper with numbers with reconciliation with processes can we do this remotely can we do it with algorithms can we do it with robots yeah can we do accounting remotely, to what extent, to which kind of companies, which kind of countries also, uh, how can we solve tax issues, how can we solve all these things that take a lot of human uh, effort normally, can we do them in an automated way and this for us is a big big potential uh, section for the next sort of uh, 10 years or so going forward
0: yeah thank you for sharing uh thank you for joining us today and for answering uh, mine and the audience uh, questions it was a great pleasure to meet you though not personally but via <laughs> zoom but anyway <laughs> i hope to welcome you soon in ukraine maybe or somewhere else we will see each other um, so uh, yeah, thank you, I'm uh, really happy to, I was really happy to talk to you because you're very inspiring and, uh, and like doing amazing things. Um, and it was VC Chat Rooms, which is the real time vlog. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow the, uh, the next news. It was Kinga Stanislawska, the general partner and founder of the Xperia Venture Fund from Poland. And uh, the the VC chat room is brought to you by my soulmate, Olga Stolerchuk and me, Olga Fanasyeva. Thank you once again, Kinga.
1: Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Olga and Olga. And stay healthy, everyone. And, you know, let's let's meet up sometime soon uh, in person.
0: Yeah, hope for that. Hope that the borders will be open. Have a good day and weekend ahead. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Ciao.